0: Welcome back to the Rural Psychologist Podcast. The Rural Psychologist Podcast is a podcast from me, Chantal Corish, providing psychological tips, advice and know-how off the back of almost two decades of psychology practice in rural Australia. I am an ARPRA registered psychologist, a PhD candidate, a farmer and a mother from rural Australia. And I am happy to be in your ears today. So today's coaching episode is number three out of ten that we're going to be putting out. And it's all about being able to say no or being able to ask for something that you need or to have your needs met because being able to do so is good self-care. And good self-care means great mental health. Do you find it difficult to say no? When people ask you to help with something that, to be honest, seems a bit unreasonable, like lend money for the third time, or to take care of their children for the weekend when you were hoping to have a quiet couple of nights with your spouse, or perhaps at work a colleague is asking you to do a task that they're supposed to do, and they're only asking because they don't feel like doing it themselves, and you do it. Well then, you probably need to hear this episode of the podcast because you need to know that it is okay to say no without feeling embarrassed or guilty. In fact, more than that, being assertive and being able to say no or being able to ask for something that you actually need is good self-care. And good self-care means great mental health. So it's a really important skill to be able to confidently and without any sense of guilt or embarrassment be able to say no or ask for your reasonable needs to be met. Most of us don't want to hurt or disappoint people, so we say yes, but this can mean that we end up feeling drained, resentful, or never getting what we actually want. And this lack of assertiveness is something I've seen quite commonly in my practice over the years, and it is something that once I help people with, they can go on with their merry lives, working daily on becoming more assertive, and finally starting to find some happiness where in the past they never could. Often the issue is not people taking advantage of them or exploiting their overly agreeable nature, like in the examples I gave of lending money or doing some babysitting for someone. It's more that they are going too quietly through life, trying not to tread on toes, trying not to offend anyone, just putting up with whatever it is that they get given. They find opportunities passing them by, they're given to other people because. They themselves don't put their hand up or speak up about their wishes and desires. Ideas they have never get heard or someone else takes the glory for them. They never really get what they want because they're too afraid or don't feel worthy enough to ask for it or to speak up. These people sit on what we call the submissive end of a continuum, a sort of scale that has submissiveness right down one end assertiveness in the middle, which is where we want to be, and aggressiveness at the opposite end, where we don't want to be either. So, for example, at the submissive end, I'll give the submissive person a name so it's easier. Let's call her Vera. Sorry to the Veras out there who aren't struggling with submissiveness. I'm sure there's lots of assertive Veras out there. Vera, our Vera, gives off the body language and communication to those around her that her rights don't count, and their rights do. So Vera basically forgoes her needs and wants to allow others to get whatever it is that they want without compromise or consideration for her. Often also, aggressive people come into contact with people like Vera and really crush them to get their own needs met. Not very nice people, really. So why does Vera behave like this? Well, as a payoff, Vera doesn't have to fight with anyone or cause conflict. She also doesn't have to feel guilty, that she has made someone sad or angry. And she gets to be seen as a nice person, a generous person. The trouble is, Vera winds up feeling like a doormat that everyone wipes their feet on, because she has no self-worth and she never gets her own needs met in life. She can also wind up behaving in a very passive-aggressive way because she's squishing down her own resentments for the way others treat her. Um, whoa up. It's not the way others treat her. It's the way Vera lets people treat her. Mmm, there's a concept. You can't control how other people behave, but you can certainly control how you behave. And that's something to keep in mind. All right, so let's just go back to the idea of passive-aggressive. You might be wondering what that is. So passive-aggressive behaviour is kind of like when you smile and say yes and act all agreeable, but really you're actually imagining booting the person off a clip. Metaphorically, I mean, not literally, I hope. You behave in an inauthentic manner, and that's not very good for your soul, I always say. It's a kind of cowardly way to behave. It's, it's very inassertive. It's a submissive way to behave because you're not being clear about your intentions and you're not being clear about what you want to communicate. And, yet, and that means you're not giving the other person the opportunity to really understand you and respond in an appropriate way. So it's not a great way to go about behaving and communicating and interacting with people but it's something I see very commonly in the way people behave with each other and particularly in the workplace. But that's something we can come back to in another session, if you like. All right. If Vera walked into my office, into my practice, I would help Vera to become more assertive. Sometimes the people we find it most difficult to say no to is our family members, our children or our parents. Even if we are adults, can be very good at getting us to do things that we really would rather not. So if you're sitting there nodding and thinking, "Oh, I'm a submissive person," don't worry. Understanding and knowing that you are just as important as anyone else and that you have the right to say no without feeling guilty or, or embarrassed is a major step forward in life for many, many people. I always love showing people the assertive Bill of Rights list. It's quite interesting. The Assertive Bill of Rights, which I hand out to my patients who I think need to read it, is a little list of the personal rights you have to say no and to ask for your personal boundaries to be respected. A quick Google search will bring an example up for you. A typical Assertive Bill of Rights list will include things like, I have the right to express my feelings and opinions appropriately and have them taken seriously by others. I have the right to ask for what I want. I have the right to disagree with others regardless of their position. I have the right to take the time I need to respond. I have the right to say no without feeling guilty. I have the right to say I don't know. I have the right to be treated with respect and to not be taken for granted. I have the right to make mistakes. I have the right to change my mind. I have the right to make my own decisions and deal with the consequences. I have the right to feel good about myself and my actions and my life. So is anyone kind of feeling like, oh my goodness, I never really looked at it like that, that I have the right for some of those things or all of those things? I know I certainly felt that way when I read that list quite a few years ago now in my 20s. And thank goodness I did stumble across it because it really helped me to kind of stand back and say, well, wow, I actually um, I never realized I was giving my power away in so many different areas. So hopefully it helps you as much as it helped me. Okay. Now I've got a great little book called The Art of Extreme Self-Care by Cheryl Richardson, and it's been on the New York best time selling list. Um, It was first written in 2009 and reprinted in 2019. I really recommend it. It's a little read, but it's got lots of great little tips and ideas on how to really take care of yourself. And being assertive, learning how to be assertive, is all about self-care. It's one of the keys to taking care of yourself and to practising self-care, interestingly enough. Richardson provides a nice little list of tips and tricks on how to say no and how to assert yourself in a way that is kind and gracious, but clear and concise. So I'll just give you a few ideas of what she suggests because sometimes it is, well, a lot of times it's really hard to know how to say no. We don't want to find ourselves at the aggressive end of the scale. We're trying to give the other person the idea that we understand that their rights count as well as our rights. So Richardson has a few good tips on how to do that. So here we go. She makes a suggestion that we firstly try to buy ourselves some time so that we can be sure that we want to say no and also so that we can put a bit of space between the request and our response. She suggests that we say something like, how about I get back to you? But at the moment, it's probably a no. So, she's suggesting that you do add in the probably no bit just to give people a fair warning that you're thinking on the no side and that you're probably not going to be going ahead with what they've requested. And that just gives them fair warning. And it also gives you a bit more leeway and a bit more okayness. Is that a word? It's a bit more okay when you come back. It feels a bit more okay when you come back to say no. Another suggestion that Richardson has. Is to do a gut check. So when someone asks you to do something on a scale of one to 10, how much do you really want to do that? How much do you really want to accept their invitation or how much do you really not want to do that? It's a sense of tuning into yourself, of listening to your intuition rather than brushing it aside immediately to quickly try to appease the person or to appeal to them or to come across as seeming a nice person or avoiding conflict, we kind of avoid our own feelings and we avoid tuning into what we really want. So she's suggesting that we actually stop and pause and tune in to what we really want and do a bit of a check. How do we really rate the request or the invitation? Do we really want to do it? Do we really not want to do it? This is a good way to use the time that you've given yourself by saying to someone, I'll get back to you. Another good suggestion of Richardson's is to do yourself up an absolute no list. And I recommend doing that now. You should do that at the start of the year along with your goal setting. Do yourself up an absolute no list. What am I prepared to do this year? What am I not prepared to do this year? So on your no list, you might have things like, I will no longer keep my mouth shut when someone is out of line. I will no longer go to events that require hours of idle chit-chat. I will no longer tolerate or participate in gossip. I will no longer deal with difficult life situations alone. I will no longer hire anyone, be it a lawyer, a doctor, a healthcare provider, or what have you, who treat me with disrespect. I will no longer accept verbal abuse from a boss or a co-worker. There's a great big long list there. If you want to get her book, you can get it and have a look. There's a big long list there in Richardson's book of examples, which I found very interesting. So if you want to get her book, you can also have a look at that. So setting yourself up with an absolute no list at the beginning of the year certainly gives you more chance to be able to tune into your intuition and to tune into yourself when people ask for things and for you to know whether or not you actually want to Whether you want to accept that invitation or whether you're going to do that task or any other thing that you might be wanting to say no to. And so if you are going back to somebody with a no or you're saying no straight off the bat because you have tuned in quickly to your intuition and you've done your list of absolute no's and you already know that it's a no, then make sure that when you communicate that no, that it's clear, it's concise. And that there's no room for negotiation so that the other person does understand that it really is a clear no. But make sure you do it with grace and kindness. There's no need to sort of move up to that aggressive side of the scale and really squish them with a no. And of course, don't forget your body language. Body language is incredibly important in communication. Having your eyes cast down and shuffling your feet and slouching and not looking at the person in the eye and not using a nice, strong, clear voice gives the impression or communicates to the receiver of the message that you're not particularly resolved on the issue, that you're not very definite, so there might be room for negotiation. And somebody who has nothing to lose is going to take that room and try to convince you otherwise. Okay, so there's a few little tips on how to be assertive or how to be more assertive. Many of us do struggle to say no or to push back on people or even organisations and the people who govern us. For example, even politicians who are meant to represent our needs and not tell us what we need. People everywhere will overstep the boundary and expect too much from us and take too much from us if we let them. So it is up to us to set those boundaries and make sure that we're happy with the boundaries that we're setting. Because being able to say no, being able to assert yourself, being able to ask for things that you need, having your needs met, it's a really big part of self-care and it's a really big part of good mental health. So it's important to be able to have these skills and to deliver these skills in in a really effective way. Not voicing your needs and pushing for compromise can make you exceedingly unhappy. So why not try some of the suggestions I've made here and begin to be more assertive in your life. This is a habit. Like most things in psychology, it's about how we've uh, gone about life over time and it can be hard to break the habit of being submissive, but what you need to do is just start. Just start One step at a time and I would recommend that you start with the absolute no list because that gives you an idea of just how many boundaries you're letting people cross when you're not really wanting them to. So get into it, start changing those habits one little step at a time and I will speak to you again very soon on the podcast. Have a great week. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Rural Psychologist podcast. On this podcast, you'll hear from me, Chantal Korish, the Rural Psychologist, about all things mental health and well-being in rural, regional and remote Australia. Each episode, I am to make either a therapeutic listening experience for you, where you can sit back on your comfiest couch with me in your ears, or go for a walk, as I like to do, do the housework or fix the tractor tire, and enjoy a coaching session to take care of your mental health and well-being. Or listen as I chat about one of the hundreds of interesting books I've read from psychology experts or people in the field of mental health that I think had some really useful mental health and well-being tips and tricks. And every couple of episodes, I'll interview a guest who's either a lived experience expert or a professional in the mental health space, and who's keeping abreast of the cutting-edge psychology research. Also, Look out for the Nuts and Bolts Toolbox Talks for Rural Workplaces episodes, which will provide tips and tricks for employers and employees on how to build and maintain positive working relationships. Also, how to stay motivated and focused at work, reduce stress and not burn out, and all sorts of other topics to make sure going to work is a pleasant and rewarding experience in rural workplaces. If you have any suggestions or you would like me to answer a burning mental health and well-being query you may have, or you think you might make a great podcast guest, or even if you would like to sponsor the podcast, please get in touch with me via my email, chantal at corishfarms.com.au or my Instagram, which is the handle at the rural psychologist, all one word, no underscores. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for taking the time to hear what this podcast has to offer. And I look forward to you joining me on an interesting, rewarding and even therapeutic listening journey over the months and years to come. See you in your ears soon.